Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I would like to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. And you can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. <clears throat> I Here, Here's the thing. Let's go back in time for just a little bit. All right. Can we do that? Just, just, just for a little bit. Just want to go back in time. South Bend Schools comes out, says, we need a referendum. We need to raise, raise taxes. I laughed profusely and I said, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to devote a ton of energy to fight the South Bend School referendum because it's South Bend and they're going to vote for it. Remember me saying that? And then... The superintendent either was intentionally lying to a bunch of people who he knows doesn't know how to do math or is really bad at math and came up with this whole, it's only going to cost you a pizza. Remember that? You can't, you can't afford the cost of a single pizza for your children? Shame on you. Remember when he tried to do that? And of course, I crunched the math when they did this and I was laughing hysterically on the show as I was crunching his math. And I looked at producer Joe and I said, Joe, double check it. Just do the math yourself. And Joe double checked it. And of course, the superintendent's math was wrong. And I said, but none of it's going to matter. None of it's going to matter because what's going to happen is like good little drones, South Bend's going to vote for the school referendum. They're going to raise their own taxes and then they're going to get sticker shock. And I told everybody something very specific. Do you remember what it was? I said, remember how much money they said it was going to cost you on your taxes for this referendum. And remember that cost of a pizza. You remember that because it's going to be dramatically more than that. And I told everybody, I did everything I could to warn them. And then I, that was it. I backed away and I said, is South Bend, South Bend's going to do what South Bend does. Now, of course, I've got COVID, can't vote in Elkhart today. Wish I could. This article from the local paper. Anthony Giannoli doesn't remember if he voted for the South Bend School Corp's $220 million referendum last year, but he said the school officials led him to believe the measure would have little impact on his property taxes. Well, Anthony, you should have been listening to my show. So Giannoli, 69 years old, was shocked, shocked, shocked when he opened a letter from the county treasurer's office this spring and found the referendum tacked on $324. Big flipping pizza. It's a 35% spike in his overall property tax bill. They said it was going to be a minimal increase, maybe 10 or 15 bucks, he said. I think that we were misled on this thing. <gasps> oh my. Oh my. If only, if only the city of South Bend had access to an amazing radio host who's seen all of this crap hundreds of times before and literally did the math on his show. Proving the superintendent was lying to all of you. I was beside myself when I did that because you have the superintendent 
of schools incorrectly giving you a math problem with the wrong answer. And that's... It's education, right? Supposed to be a bad education. And they're getting the basic math wrong. So here's the thing. You're forced to assume the superintendent of schools is an idiot and has no business being superintendent or they're a pathological liar and they're trying to fool all of you. In which case, they have no business being in that position. But I backed away. It's South Bend. They're going to do, do what South Bend does. That's it. South Bend. Loyal little drones. They go along with every little leftist idea that's out there. Doesn't matter if they get hosed in the process. Just, it doesn't matter. He's not alone. Staffers at the St. Joseph County Auditor's Office have been taking nonstop phone calls from taxpayers demanding to know why they owe hundreds more dollars this year. That's according to Kathy Gregrick, the office manager, with most of the calls focused on the impact of the ballot measure that raised money for the school district. A lot of people felt that they were well-informed when they voted on it last year, and no one thought it was going to make a very significant impact on their taxes, Gregrick said. And once they got their tax bill, that was not the case. It was significantly larger than they expected. Yeah, that's because you were lied to by a bunch of evil people. That's why. Evil might be a bit of a strong word. No, no, it's good. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with evil. Evil's okay. You need to stop believing everybody when they tell you crap. How about that? Now, I know that there's probably a lot of people out there going, yeah, I mean, you know, Casey's math skills are pretty darn good, and he seems to be right about a lot of this stuff. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's right about the Mishawaka referendum and the other referendums and everything else. And, yeah, but but the superintendent's giving us a math class. And, and yeah, Casey's doing the math. And, yeah, his producer's doing the math. And he's he's giving us the math problem, and, and, and we're all doing it in our head. And, yeah, it seems like Casey's right. But the superintendent's got to be better at math than Casey, right? Wrong. Wrong. Karima Fowler, school corporation's chief financial officer, said district officials tried to explain the referendum would ask people to keep funding the schools at 2019 levels by giving up tax breaks that went into effect in 2020. We tried to put it in layman's terms. No, you didn't, you liar. No, you didn't. You're still lying about it. No, you did not. You directly and intentionally confused the heck out of everybody because you wanted them to be confused. You wanted them to think it was just going to cost them a pizza. Who can't buy kids a pizza every year? That's what you wanted them to think. That's what you pitched. You deceived everybody. And there was exactly one person in town that I'm aware of, in the media at least, who was calling you on your bogus bleepity bleep. COVID has my sensors a little, a little off. And now they're out there going, no, no, we tried to explain it in layman's terms. In other words, 
we made it so simple that even the dumbest people could have easily understood it. So I don't really know what your problem is, South Bend. I don't know why so many of you are so upset that your taxes went up a heck of a lot more than we told you they were going to go up because we explained it so easy a second grader could get it. We did everything we could, Fowler said. Every single thing we did. Karima Fowler is out there insulting the intelligence of the citizens of South Bend. The reality is they straight up lied to you like they do most of the time. Anybody remember my first critique of the Mishawaka schools referendum? Remember that one of my critiques was actually praise and that they were so transparent the first time that they asked for that thing. They're actually telling you that they're going to squander a lot of this money. Kudos on being honest. That was nice. And they lost. And they learned their lesson. And the next time they asked for it, they didn't tell you all of those things and where the money was going to go. They hid it from you. And then it passed. See? This is how this works. We tried. We tried. We basically said, we're asking you to keep your taxes where they are. Yeah, but that didn't happen, did it? Tax hike for the school corporation comes a year after Indiana's property tax caps took full effect in St. Joseph County, creating big savings for many property owners. After the lower taxes many residents paid in 2020, this year's hike seems even bigger. Hashtag told ya. And here I am, COVID-stricken and stuck in the house. Where's the mail-in ballots for all of the uh, all the local elections and stuff like that? Where's that no ID, just uh, vote on the uh, school referendum thing? Here, we'll mail out to everybody. Where, where's all of that? Maybe I could have voted then. Uh, I guess guess that doesn't work on these types of races, right? So I guess we'll see how Elkar goes tomorrow. Elkar's still out there lying to you too. Elkar's still out there pretending that they don't get a lot more money than most school districts in this country do. Still out there pretending that's not the case. Hashtag told you. If only people in South Bend had listened to me. Sorry, but like I said, South Bend's going to do what South Bend's going to do. And they love being loyal little drones. And now that you're getting sticker shock with how much your taxes went up and how it wasn't just the cost of a pizza, the official response from the school corporation is to call you a bunch of dumb idiots. That's their official response to you from Karima Fowler. We made it as simple and easy to understand as possible. If you didn't get it, you're dumb. That's basically what she's saying. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. Well, it's nice to know that some things never change when I take some time off and I go away. Uh, the media is still corrupt and they still suck. New York Times, The Washington Post, NBC News... Several others have been forced to retract false claims about Rudy Giuliani. The biggest papers of record in the U.S., the New York Times, the Washington Post, have been forced to retract a report about the FBI's communication with former President Trump's uh, longtime lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. The Post on Thursday was the first to report that Giuliani was explicitly warned by the FBI that he was the target of a Russian effort to influence the 2020 presidential election. They are still playing collusion after everything has been completely proven to be false in 2016 and all the way through, they're still playing at this game. 
citing unnamed sources. Now, for those of you who do not know, unnamed sources are people who don't exist. The media is not allowed to intentionally slander you. So what the media does, there's a law, okay, I've been over it before, there's a law, and so what the media has to do is they have to say they have an anonymous source who spoke to us on condition of anonymity that this happened. And what that does is it gives the media plausible deniability. And the media goes, we didn't make the story up against Rudy Giuliani. We didn't lie about Rudy Giuliani. Our source gave us bad information, and therefore we can't be held liable for smearing him with a lie. And what ends up happening is the media, when there's an anonymous source, and this has happened several times, we've talked about this a lot lately, the media will go out there and the media will, will say that they have independently verified the reporting of the Washington Post. No, you didn't, because it ended up being false. Just like the last series of stories that you independently verified that were also false. So again, you can't independently verify something that isn't true. Therefore, you lied. The original publication lied. And then you lied because your original source was the person who made it up to begin with. Because you're all little cocktail buddies. You're all cocktail buddies, and then after the cocktail party is over, you're shower buddies. Not that anything is wrong with that. And then you all hang out with one another. You swap wives. You swap husbands. You do a bunch of weird, crazy, nutsy stuff in Washington. That's what you do. And so you go out there, and you talk to the original guy who made it up to begin with. Hey, is this story that you're writing about, is that really true? Yeah, man, totally true. Swear to God. We independently verified the lie. No, you didn't. You didn't independently verify nothing. And I'm getting sick and tired of doing these stories, to be honest with you. The Post on Thursday was the first to report that Giuliani was explicitly warned by the FBI that he was the target of a Russian effort to influence the 2020 presidential election, citing unnamed sources identified only as people familiar with the matter, which again means they don't exist also said that conservative news network One American News, OAN, was also warned by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That was before they were kicking in people's houses in Alaska asking for Pelosi's laptop. But on Saturday, the Post put out a correction noting that it had to remove both assertions. An earlier version of the story published on Thursday incorrectly reported that One American News was warned by the FBI that it was the target of a Russian influence operation. That version also said the FBI had provided a similar warning to Rudolph Giuliani, which he has since disputed. This version has been corrected to remove assertions that OAN and Giuliani received those warnings, again, from the FBI. Okay, so the original story said that Giuliani was actually targeted. The FBI became aware in late 2019 that Giuliani was the target of a Russian influence operation aimed at circulating falsehoods intended to damage President Biden politically ahead of his uh, last year's election, according to people familiar with the matter. Officials plan to warn Giuliani as part of an extensive effort, yada, yada, yada. The Times also, New York Times, also had to correct its erroneous report. An earlier version of this article misstated whether Giuliani received a formal warning from the FBI about Russian disinformation. Now keep in mind, Washington Post comes out there and publishes this, 
And the New York Times says, we independently verify that the Washington Post was correct. But now the Washington Post is saying that, no, it was all a lie. So the New York Times didn't independently verify diddly squat, and neither did NBC News or any other nincompoop idiot who went out there and did this. You know what's funny? As we sit there and we watch, <clears throat> we watch the price of groceries go up and the price of gasoline go up, and then everybody's like, well, at least there's not mean tweets, though. Of course, those mean tweets were always in response to mean tweets that were tweeted to President Trump. They were never instigatory. At what point in time does it become unjournalistic to behave the way that they're behaving? And if you can't be president because the way you conduct yourself on social media is unpresidential, maybe you shouldn't be able to be in the press if you can't conduct yourself in an unjournalistic fashion. They've all independently verified each other and they've all had to retract because the story was a lie. Again, more coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. If you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com, rbcarcompany.com, or visit one of their showrooms in South Bend in Warsaw. Of course, let them know that I sent you. <clears throat> Does it get you anything? No. <laughs> doesn't get you anything, but they're good people over there, and they know me, and uh, it would be nice if you said hi. So Glenn Greenwald, who is, again, um, he, he has been considered for a long time, for a long time in the United States, he's been considered one of the top journalists in the country. And suddenly, because Glenn Greenwald is now at war with a media that is completely and totally corrupt, they're pretending he's not a journalist anymore. It, it's one of the most bizarre things. I mean, it's, it's exactly what journalism does. Do what we tell you to do, and if you you stray, then you're no longer welcome. So, Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald went out there and was talking about how, once again, corporate news outlets confirmed the same false story while many refused to correct it. He wrote a whole article on there. Now, Glenn Greenwald, basically, he was forced out of his own publication that he started, because of his coverage, and now he's on Substack. Well, Substack is a place for independent journalists, you know, the good ones, to go and write their articles and be able to make money. So think of it like a Patreon for journalists. You can go support journalists that do good work. You can buy their articles. You can support them with a monthly uh, monthly thing like you can on Patreon, and that's, that's how they, they end up making their money. And then, of course, they can still sell their articles to publications. Um, but because he's on Substack, now everybody's like, oh, he's just a blogger. This guy has always been considered, he got known for his work at The Guardian. This guy's always been known as one of the better journalists in the United States. Now, he's a liberal, but he is an honest liberal. I know, oxymoron, but he's an honest liberal. And because of that, he, is, he has taken on the media who is routinely and consistently lying to all of you, which is something that should be repugnant to everybody in journalism, but it's not. Mistakes happen, folks. Nobody is talking about honest mistakes. The problem isn't the honest mistakes. The problem is the intentional disinformation that they are fabricating and then presenting to all of you. 
we just got done with over four years of every major news story being a fabricated piece of crap lie. And you know what? That irks real journalists, and it should irk real journalists. So let me give you an example. He had this exchange, basically um, a journalist, air quote, a journalist, James Ball, being on Substack has for some become a tacit sign of being a partisan in the culture wars, not least because it's a lot easier to build a a devoted and paying following by stressing that you're giving readers something the mainstream won't, okay? So Glenn Greenwald responded to James Ball. In one sense, this is just the latest dreary article whining about Substack by a jealous, resentful, wispy, inconsequential journalist who's come daily now. Those come daily now. Just a reflexive content filler for digital outlets, but it's worth taking a brief look at this one. It's quite revealing. Just 72 hours ago, The Guardian was forced by the public, by public shaming, to correct a falsehood that many outlets have long recognized as false, namely, Substack recruited me with an advance. Yet today, The Guardian published the same lie, the same lie, by James Book. (laughs) So The Guardian, three days ago, acknowledged that Glenn Greenwald was not recruited by Substack with a with a, a an advance payment. And then 3 days later they published an article that he was. It's the same publication. The same exact publication. Glenn Greenwald then says, "Do you see what's going on? These are the outlets that insist that Substack writers are just bloggers while they, the August trustworthy news sites are carefully edited and fact-checked. The reality is the opposite. They publish any bleep that pops into their bloggers' heads." Now, what's so interesting about this is after is after he, he catches this guy lying about him, okay? After catching the guy about lying about him, the guy refuses to apologize, okay? James Ball refuses to apologize about it and says, yeah, I got caught lying about this, but I'm not going to correct it. I won't be responding individually because I have lunch plans, So then Glenn Greenwald says, having been told by hordes of unruly, lowly peasants that his article contains two blatant factual falsehoods in an article designed to imply that only he does, quote, real journalism, this is how the Guardian's James Ball responds. This is how they think. And of course, the response is, you peasants, shut up. Stop pointing out that my article is false. Oh, by the way, the Guardian has one one Pulitzer. One Pulitzer in its existence. Do you know who wrote the article for the Pulitzer? Glenn Greenwald. More coming up, 95.3 MNC.